while I've been in my 30s, I've been in the best shape of my life. And I think I can continue to grow that and get stronger. And that's kind of what my goals are right now is how can I become the strongest woman that I can be and doing this for myself. Welcome to Behind the Sweat, a podcast that goes deep into what it means to be an athlete. I'm your host, Alexandra Weisner, athlete, coach, entrepreneur, and today, your guest. Life right now is so different. We're all looking for a little extra motivation and inspiration. That got me thinking, and the only question I could come up with was, what does it mean to be an athlete? For the past month, I've been sitting down with other athletes and asking them this question as they share their story and thoughts. Today, I'm your guest. It's a nice little solo episode, so you are going to get to know me a little bit better. I posted a few or I asked on Instagram for anyone who wanted to submit some questions for me to answer, so I will get to those as well. But in true behind the sweat fashion, we're going to start at the beginning back east and my grandparents lived right across the street so we saw them every single day (laughs) and they'd wave us off to school in the morning we'd see them going for walks and it was a really awesome place to grow up especially for kids I thought because all of the streets attached to a park So you didn't have to cross any streets to go play with your friends or worry about anything. So, you know, this is also the late 80s and the early 90s. So kids were a little bit more free range, if you would say. And it would just be, you know, be home by dinner or your parents would be on the top of the hill yelling at you to get your butt home because it was six o'clock and it was dinner time. So it was a really awesome place to grow up and have a childhood and I lived there until about high school, and we'll definitely get into that in a little bit, but I started playing sports and being very active before I was even born. My mom always says that while she was pregnant with me, I never stopped moving, and especially as her first pregnancy, it was really nice to have a child that did not stop moving so much so that when I was born the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck more than 10 times or something like that I was always there don't really remember that but that was kind of the start of my constant movement and by the time I got to age two my parents had put me in dance lessons through my local preschool and dance really then became my entire life for all the way up until about sixth grade. I did ballet, jazz, I went on point, and I loved to dance. It was, you know, by the time I got to first grade, I was taking three dance classes a week. On the weekends, we'd have practices for performances, and I don't know, I loved it. I love be I don't know it's so much on stage but as the movement and the practice and learning that discipline was just something that was really good for me I am dyslexic and you know back then it was all learning disabilities and this and that and they were moving from classes 
because with this let's ear, your mind's actually moving faster and you know sometimes it does take a little bit longer to comprehend and understand something because you know even now I find myself I have to slow my mind down and take that step back at least now I can take some caffeine to help slow it down a little bit some opposite effects there and really you know dancing and movement were my outlets and oh my god I just remember so many amazing performances but one that I remember and I've seen and watched on tape hundreds of times probably was one of the first larger summer performances I was a part of we were doing grand chutes across the stage and I fell I must have been like in first first or second grade so seven or eight fell down and just got right back up and continued on didn't even let it phase me and I think that was just a good metaphor for how my life has continued to gone that when you know life gets you down just get back up and you keep on going and I think that is something that sports really teaches us that even though you might have that moment it's all right oops okay mm -hmm, and on to the next at that same time as dancing, like I said, I was a very active kid. I was also swimming year-round, playing soccer, playing basketball. I just, that's where I felt more comfortable because in the classroom, it was just so, it felt so different than everyone else and targeted because I wasn't always on that same level. And I wanted to be the best and I wanted to, or one of the best and when I was playing sports, that was a place I could really, really do that. For me, sports then kind of changed as I got older. Ballet and, you know, in the 90s, the body was straight, stick, skinny. Everywhere you looked for women. And I hit puberty pretty early. And all of a sudden, by the end of third grade, I was like five feet tall and... At that point, I was still pretty skinny and didn't have boobs yet. But when my body really started to change, I started feeling very uncomfortable. And, you know, I can definitely throw some, some shade at the dance community for this and the studio I was with at that time in how all of it was approached because I think I all of a sudden didn't look like all of my other classmates. All of a sudden, instead of looking like the third, fourth, fifth grader that I was, I was looking like I was in high school. And I even remember being on a family trip with somewhere and someone talked to me and they're like, you are not 10 years old or however old you are in fourth grade. I think it's 10, 10 or 11. And they're like, no, she's 16. And my parents were like, nope, nope. She's not like probably trying to gain like admittance to like something. And at that point, I started just getting very into myself. My confidence definitely dropped. And I just wanted to become the smallest that I could be during that time. Which is funny now because I think that gave me a complex kind of moving forward thinking that I was always bigger than everyone else. And now, I mean, I'm only 5'4". I'm not that very tall of a person and realizing that I think has definitely taken me personally years to have that understanding. 
So yeah, it was just at that point, I kind of went inwards. I didn't find as much enjoyment in dance after just a few comments have been made about how my boobs were moving on stage and, you know, having broad conversations with your parents. All the girls can understand this or with your moms is a very difficult one. And at the same time, then starting to be talked to, being talked to about my weight because my body was changing and not understanding that because that all of this was happening before we even got to it in school. So it was just like by the time that rolled, that conversation rolled around in fifth grade or towards the end of fifth grade, I was like, been there, done that to all of that stuff you're talking about. Could we have talked about this a year or two before? Would have been great. Thanks. But I still, you know, movement was still the place I really found solace. And while I stopped dancing, I did continue to play basketball and play soccer and swim. And that was, I mean, it was great, but it was also, it wasn't something that I was good at. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I was super, super passionate about. Yeah, I could have seen myself playing those sports long term, but I think dance definitely had my heart and at that point I was also looking for something that would get me so 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 far away from dance and I had learned to ski when I was younger but it was something we did like for family trips and then I was watching the 1990 or 1998 Olympics in Nagano and I was watching the ski racers and I was like that looks like fun I think I could do that and this is probably awesome where most of my life has got me in trouble. I'm like, yeah, that looks like fun. I'm going to go try that out. So by 1999, I had convinced my parents to let me start ski racing with one of the local mountains, New Jersey. And I know mountains, New Jersey sound weird. There are some, you know, but um, I just remember going there and showing up. And I mean, we maybe skied five ten days total for the whole year or the kids on the ski team had been skiing every single day that they could since they were like five years old and I just remember even at my first race I had never been in gates before and but it was fun and I didn't think anything of it but the competitive nature of me I always wanted to continue better and strive to be the best and I mean that's how it was with every sport I played I wanted to go to the best dance school I wanted to you know, most of the time I was only competing in swimming in the summer, but I wanted to make sure I was swimming year round just to stay ready for that summer season and be able to compete at that level. So I think for everything I've done, I've never really given less than 100%. And I didn't want to do that on the mountain. And I'm hugely, hugely thankful for that, as that led me to go to a winter program in Vermont for two years. And then I ended up moving out here to Colorado and up to Steamboat Springs my sophomore year of high school and finishing high school up there at a boarding school. And I made some of the clo- my closest friends to this day at that school. And while skiing, I had an amazing time. I got to ski in South America. I got to ski around Colorado and New Mexico. I definitely was not the best and definitely not even anywhere near the best. Um, I was definitely one of those people either in last or second last place most of the time. And, you know, I could probably nitpick it apart and say what it 
where my shortcomings were, where I felt my shortcomings were during that time. But I think, so I learned so much and I met so many amazing people that all that would kind of just take away from that experience. Because it was, it, and it, you know, now looking back on it, for me, yeah, it would have been great to have been one of the better skiers and had that experience and have the drive because, I mean, I would have loved it. And who doesn't want to be the best at something? But I think, you know, looking back now, I still, skiing is one of my, being on the snow is one of the places I always want to be and is my happy place, genuinely. So I'm looking forward to ski season, short but sweet there. And then for me, you know, college was kind of all over the place. I started at Arizona State, hated the heat, moved up to Flagstaff, was there for two years. But I think for me, college was, I didn't necessarily really want to be there. So I tried to get out of there as much as possible. So I only went to college for three years graduated in that time and moved back to New York I just thought being back in New York would be the best thing for me and in New York is really where I found running because I really couldn't afford anything else I could afford the pair of Nike shocks that we all know I've learned a lot about shoes since then but that was where I started running and kind of you know I didn't know at that time how much it would change my life and how much running would be a part of my life now 13 years later and I am so thankful for that and just that entire experience because I mean sports have gotten me to where I am today and why you're sitting here listening to this podcast and why I have brunch running and why Courtney and I became such great friends why I've gotten to meet so many amazing people is all because of running. And I am so thankful for that. So thankful. And yeah, that was part of my running journey. And I think, oh, or my running, my life journey. I think, yeah, that's amazing. And right now, obviously, we're all kind of in maintenance mode, getting ready and looking towards 2021. I know I personally have some lofty goals. And what I'm ambitious for and been chasing for a few years right now is getting that sub two-hour half marathon. So I'm really focused on that for next year. I think looking towards that, what I'm figuring out is working through some hormone things that have been affecting my body overall and have definitely been limiting how I've been able to train and how I've been feeling. So figuring that out and trying to get my body back into sync with it what it's supposed to be doing naturally is really my focus looking at training and really looking at foods from, you know, nurturing perspective. How are they fueling my body so that I can really be the best of what I think is the best. All right, so I'm going to do a few of the questions we got, but feel free to submit any other questions to the podcast and I'll answer them over the course of time. So one of the questions we got was, do you have a mindset practice? I do. I start every morning with a meditation on the Calm app. And then that's about a 10-minute meditation. And then I sit and enjoy my coffee. I'm not a very fast mover in the morning. 
and I need to wake up gradually. So sometimes that means if I'm trying to be someplace at say 6 a.m. or be out the door at 6 a.m. for a run, I have to get up at 5. I need that full hour <laughs> to wake up. So that is really my mindset and my morning practice. Another question we got was, who are your dream guests? Um, I don't think we have enough time to answer this because that list is probably super long. But I would love to have, you know, Michaela Schifrin. I think she is a phenomenal skier and a phenomenal human being and an excellent napper from what I've heard. And I've always admired her work ethic. And I think she'd be someone amazing to talk to. I mean, I was a huge basketball fan growing up, so someone like Shaquille O'Neal or Michael Jordan or anyone from the 1990s Bulls would be someone I would love to chat with and just be like a childhood dream come true. And, oh my God, there's so, so, so many people. And, I mean, like how much time do we have? Misty Copeland would be one back to dancing there I think she is a phenomenal amazing woman and dancer and I would love to pick her brain and just oh my god listen to her talk and yeah I think those would be some of my you know dream guests for sure um and then final question where do you see yourself in your running life five years from now or even 10 years from now? I see myself still running and hopefully pushing a stroller at the same time. Um, put that out into the universe, right? I think I would still love to be running and using running as my motivation for travel as well. I love to travel and I want to run the Paris Marathon. I was supposed to run it a few years ago, hurt my back. I'm supposed to run it again this year. Obviously, that didn't happen. So I would love to have crushed that race. And yeah, just having fun with running, seeing brunch running continue to grow. And yeah, getting faster. Because I think just like fine wine, we all get better with age. And I think that's something I've noticed is my athleticism now at almost 35. I feel like I'm almost, while I've been in my 30s, I've been in the best shape of my life. And I think I can continue to grow that and get stronger. And that's kind of what my goals are right now is how can I become the strongest woman that I can be and doing this for myself. So I think we, people are hesitant to call themselves athletes or runners or whatever. But if you're doing that, whatever sport it is, whatever activity it is, you are that. If you love to play tennis and you go play tennis once a week, you are a tennis player. And just knowing that, so I think being an athlete is really f having that love of movement and that love of movement is a passion in your life and really, you know, is a catalyst for your life. So that's what I've got for you guys this week. We have some amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening to Behind the Sweat so, so, so much. If you like today's show, and if you haven't listened to any of our other episodes yet, I highly recommend going back a few and checking those out. But we'd really appreciate your support and giving us a five-star rating and review. And be sure to tell your friends. 
Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening right now. In the episode notes, you'll find some links and notes from our partners. Please support them. And one final way to support us is to follow us on Instagram at Behind the Sweat or follow me personally at Alex Weissner. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's another wrap on another Behind the Sweat story.